Welcome to the Architect of Change Show with your host, Connie Whitman of Whitman and Associates. Now here's Connie. Hi, I'm Connie Whitman, your host, and you're listening to Architect of Change on webtalkradio.net. Thanks so much for joining me again this week. My motivational quote for today is by Francis Hesselbeam, and it says, Culture does not change because we, does, we desire it to change. Culture changes when the organization is transformed. The culture reflects the realities of people working together every day. Business as we knew it just doesn't exist anymore. Corporation, um, corporations employing the same old, same old human resource plan and maps for success are sputtering and may just fall out. The revolution is how we work has been dictated in part by technology, part by the characteristics of the emerging generation, and to some extent just the fact that we are in a global economy. Today we're talking to one of the pioneers who has been instrumental in helping businesses retool. His depth of knowledge spans for improving bottom line to creating environments where employees are engaged, flourishing, and contributing to success every day. If you're a leader in the business world, you are in store for an amazing show. David's going to help us understand the need for creating organizational changes and some key ideas as to how to create better ways to manage both people and the organization. We're going to discuss how to create a company that is able to harness the talent from within the organization. David Frude is the CEO of the Thinking Corporation, so please help me welcome David. So, David, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks, Connie. It's really, really nice to be here, and what a great introduction. Companies do have to change, don't they? Uh, absolutely. To stay relevant, I would think, yeah, we, we absolutely do. So, um, yeah, I think that this is this is amazing. Also, everyone listening, don't you just love David's accent? I could I said to him before we started, I can listen all day. <laughs> <laughs> so this really this is a treat because I, I mean I have I have listeners all over the world, David. But, you know, predominantly, uh, you know, obviously in the United States. So to hear your accent, I think, is going to add a whole other level of excitement to the show. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that as well. Thanks, Connie. All right. So my first question. Now, on the front cover of your second book, which is Steps to Becoming a Thinking Corporation, you have the following words, and I'm going to quote it. Um, There's a better way. All people are free and powerful beings, and the way to prosperity is through equality, sharing, and being bold. So with that in mind, how do you see businesses failing in the current model? Well, you know what, Connie, I absolutely love that quote. I don't know how it came to me, but one morning I kind of woke up and I thought, i got to put this on the front of the front cover of the, of the new book because I think this kind of sums it up, that they're all people – are free and powerful beings. In other words, we can do things ourselves. We don't have to be in an environment, you know, to do things. We're able to do things ourselves. And the way to prove prosperity, either individually or for a corporation, is through seeing people equally, through sharing, you know, things like profits and entity value, and being bold. In other words, getting out and doing things that you wouldn't normally do. So... To answer your question, how do you see businesses failing in the current business model? Well, I think, you know, we've got to look at where we've come from, Connie. We've come from going right back 
I call it in my first book, The Thinking Corporation, the master slave era, where you know, the people that owned the company told the employees very little. Uh, they involved them very little and they didn't give them any real opportunity to, to advance within the organisation. In, in fact, it was completely the reverse. And then you sort of fast forward to the modern era and I think we've got a lot of union involvement. We certainly did in Australia anyway. A lot of union involvement uh, over uh, s several decades meant that there's a much nicer uh, working environment for people, that you know the pay structure is pretty reasonable these days and the working conditions are getting better and better. But we still need to change because this is like a continuum that we're on, coming from the master-slave through into what I've called the modern era, and there's another one after that that we're just entering into, and we need to, to accelerate that change to ensure that innovation is part of every organisation and the innovation, of course, leads to growth. And growth is something that we really, really need, particularly in the Western world right now, because a lot of our economies are actually stuck and they're stuck because we're not moving fast enough towards that next generation. We call it the, the next generation of corporate culture and behaviour. You know, we're not moving fast enough towards that. And we still have, to a large extent, a kind of a top-down situation in many corporations uh, that doesn't recognise the true value of its employees. Connie. Now, this new generation that we're phasing into, you said we're kind of right there at the start gate. What is the key difference or what do you see as the key difference as we move forward? Yeah, I think the key differences uh, are in these words, actually. You know, that the equality is that this, to see that all people are being uh, capable of adding value to the business. And I mean real value to the business, that the equality is, is the business looking at its employees as not somebody who has a, you know, a current job description and that's all we expect out of them, but you know, an innovative centre within themselves so that they can come up with ideas outside of their job description that could help the business a lot. So that's the kind of equality way of looking at people. And in, again, in the Western world, we're really in a good position to deal with that because we've got such um, good... Uh, education standards and we've got well-educated people coming into the workforce and then to kind of stifle them with having well this is your job description that's all we expect you to do um, doesn't really seem right so we need that equality of how we look at people and then in order for people to want to contribute then there's some form of recognition and for individuals for their contributions so that's the sharing part so if people come up with big ideas, for example, that will increase the business you know, bottom line by, let's say, millions of dollars, then you know, um, a gift voucher to the local restaurant is probably not going to do it because people realise the value of what they're contributing and so there needs to be some sharing of, uh, of reward and there needs to be some recognition for what they've been able to contribute. And being bold simply means that, you know, we, we've got to get uh, more adventure into business again. Some businesses are starting to do this really well, to use their brand name, to get into other areas of business, to diversify. Other businesses are still quite uh, timid about that. 
But, you know, back in the old pioneer days, people used to pack up and they'd start off on the, with their, their horse and carts and they'd travel across the country and they're looking for the new world. <laughs> hey, Connie, that, they're looking yeah, for, it, like, you're, what do we you're do right. next? Yeah, yeah what do we do true. next? They didn't we know need, what was over the horizon. That's really true. We need to be pioneers. So it's interesting. Um, the millennials are this next generation, right, in the workforce, and they are bigger than the baby boomers who are now leaving the workforce. And mm. it's funny because when I'm exposed in, in my in my business, I, I do a lot of training, corporate training with sales, coaching, and all that kind of stuff, and even one-on-one coaching with, with employees within the organization. And I'm always amazed at the boldness, and, and I say that in a positive way, that these these younger um, employees just embrace the changes that come, whether it's the systems change within an organization and what have you, but they're not afraid to be bold. They're not afraid to say, you know what, I don't have enough money, I'm going to go get a part-time job bartending. And you know what, I'll dog walk on the weekends. And so they do multiple jobs to achieve their goals where, you know, think about our parents and even our generation. You got a job, it was safe, you had benefits, you put money in your 401K, and you got your paycheck every, you know, two weeks, whatever it was. It was safe. So I think that as these emerging leaders come up, maybe the boldness won't be as hard if the the – folks at the head of the corporation or leading the corporations see the value in what these kids are bringing to the table. Am I, am I understanding what you're, what you're saying and in, in to some extent? Yeah, absolutely. And I think you, you're spot on with that. Like I've got a, a 26 year old daughter and a 31 year old son and um, you're right. I was just thinking about your comments in relation to them and they're like that. It's almost like uh, everything's okay. You know, mm-hmm. everything's okay, whereas I think that you go back a generation from there and uh, it, it was a lot more staid. It was like, um, you know, this is the way we do things and we don't vary from that. And this generation that's coming through now is really freeing things up. And you see that in a lot of the new startups. You can see that that's the attitude that's coming through. Uh yeah, they're like Fine. the new. I was just going to say they're like the new pioneers. They're not afraid of what's over the horizon. I think that we were raised more from a fear uh, standpoint, and and I think the reason for that is you know like my parents lived through the depression, so that whole uh, poverty, no money, um, no jobs. Oh my God, security. That that's how we were raised. And now we were raised in a more flourishing, we're more educated, more kids today are educated than our generation, David. So I think all of that combined, they're not as fearful as we were taught. And let's face it, we we do learn from our parents. Oh, yeah. Well, I've I've always had trouble with that whole security thing of having having a job, which is the way that we've looked at it, the way that the bank's lending money have looked at it. And um, it's just been part of the way we do things. But when you really think about it, how secure are you in a job when one of the first things that uh, corporations will do if the results are not that good is put people off? Yes, that's right. That's you know, the first so, thing to go, right? Immediate hit yeah. to their bottom line. So it's, yeah. it's really not that secure. It's just in our own mind it's secure. And I think what this new generation have done, as you quite rightly put it, is they create their own security through their own abilities. They know themselves 
They can go out and get that extra job or they can add extra value. They can keep their job by doing things that other people wouldn't do by going in on the weekends or adding, you know, adding additional value to the business, going out of their way to do extra studies, things like that. They, they just go and do that. The expectation is not that I've got a job no matter what. The expectation is I'll, I've got a job if I'm good enough to keep it. And you know the other interesting thing when I talk to these um, young men and young women and they tell me, oh, I bought a boat, and I think to myself, mm. oh, my God, are they taking on debt to do this? You know, immediately, mm. right, that old kind of um, no debt, no debt, you know. And they'll say, oh, no, I, I sell things on eBay. I've traded up. I bought this car, and then I decided I didn't want it, so I sold it, and I sold it to a guy for this amount of money, but he also had a jet ski, and I wanted a jet ski. So I thought, right, well, give me this amount of money, and I'll get the jet ski. And mm. this is – they barter, and they mm. create, and they're, they get excited about this whole selling on eBay or whatever it is. And I look at them, and, I, I, and I've said to them out loud, I would never have thought to do that. That's brilliant. That's a brilliant, simple business model of, you know what, I want a few extra thousand dollars so I can take a vacation. Let me sell this. Let me do that. Let me barter for this. And they get their vacation. They just Hmm. think outside the box more easily, I think, than we did growing up, which is great, which is great. Well, Connie, that's a great point. And and when when you actually start to analyze that point that we've just been talking about for a while and think about that the, the workforce is made up with uh, lots and lots of these people, a large percentage of the people that we're talking about. Yes. And does, does the structure of the current organisation actually allow these people to, to comfortably fit in with the way companies are structured at the moment? That's what I think we're dealing with, you know, because m- the answer that I see to that is that probably not. In most of them, probably not, because it doesn't provide enough flexibility for the way that the generation thinks and the capacity that they've got to add value is not the flexibility in the business model that allows them to to fully contribute towards a business. Individuals would still be holding back on their own capacity to add to the bottom line and the entity value of the businesses that they're working for. And that's exactly what we address at the Thinking Corporation is matching up where the majority of the population is now compared to the business model that they go into and out of every day. We think that there's a bit of a mismatch there that needs to be addressed, and that's really what we're doing. Yeah, and um, again, I, that you're, I'm going, looking at your quote again, that equality, sharing, and being bold. I don't know if the quality is there yet, and, and maybe egos are to blame for that, or mm. habits are in place, maybe not good habits, but it's the way we always did it kind of mentality. I want to, take a, quick, I want to take a quick break, and then can you, can you summarize for us what change or changes in the business model you think would be a good starting point from a creation standpoint, okay? Yeah, sure. Let's, Did you want let, to do that? Let's take a break, and then when we come back, we'll, we'll do that. I, I'm curious to see your thoughts on that. Okay, Connie. Okay, Sounds quick good. break. All right, cool. 
It's a shame when you're feeling stuck in your business and you feel like you have nowhere to turn. It's a shame when you slog through long days in your business and you don't get any return. It's a shame when you feel like you can't see the forest for the trees and your business brings you to your knees. Einstein said repeating the same actions over and over won't produce different results. So stop feeling ashamed. Your business and you deserve better. Change that shame into righteous fame. Connie Whitman can tame that shame. Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates will help you to discover your new path, and nothing will ever be the same. Connie's tried and true one-on-one coaching sessions will tame that shame so you and your business will not continue in vain. Call Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates today at 732-888-1420. That's 732-888-1420. Or email Connie at WhitmanAssociates.com. Call Connie. Turn that shame into your game. Okay, we are here with David Fruit, and we are talking about changes that need to occur in our corporate culture as we move forward in order to stay relevant and really to be successful and continue to drive uh, revenue so we businesses can stay in business. So my next question, David, is the, the changes are changes that we're kind of alluding to. What do you think is a start point or a model that businesses who are listening, leaders that are listening, can kind of incorporate or begin to incorporate? Well, I think one of the big things for a corporation to do is to create the environment within which people want to contribute. Uh, Because we look at it, and some of our brochures actually reflect it, it's like a sliding scale. And then right down one end is the term, I guess, we wouldn't we wouldn't tell this organization anything. And that, that's a company that people uh, or an employee just simply you know, really doesn't want to help out because they don't like them all that much. And they're probably on the lookout for another job anyway. And sure. right, up the, right up the other end of the scale is I love this place and I'd do anything I could to, to help contribute towards you know, the results of the place and making it stronger and better and increasing the energy value. I would go out of my way to do things like that. So the first thing the company has to do is to create the environment, which is a culture. One of your opening statements that you made was regarding a culture, to create the right culture where people want to contribute. That's one thing. The second thing is to provide the opportunity for people to contribute over and above their present job description. The reason I say that that way is that a corporation would expect people to come up with additional ideas about how they do their own job, to collaborate about, you know, in their own area about doing things better because that's what the company employed them to do. They went, they went to market, they found somebody with the qualifications, with the history in the, in the area that they're looking for, that can meet the, the description that they've put together for what they would like them to do. But outside of that, they've got people are thinking all day, in and out, thinking about other areas of the business, things that they could do, the industry, new markets, new products, all sorts of things people are capable of thinking about. Why not provide the opportunity for people to contribute over and above their present job description, as well as, as, as uh, contribute as well as they can towards their current job description? Yeah, that but, makes it exciting that, for them. There's growth there when that happens. Exactly. And you were talking before about um, people going out of their way to find like, okay, we need some extra income. I want to buy a boat. I want to do this, want to do that. And then going and getting, selling things on eBay or getting a second job. Um, This 
can be an, a person can stay within the same organization, go out of their way to help the company, which will in turn benefit them. You know, they can they can set goals for themselves to increase their their income uh, by contributing towards the existing company that they work for and helping them to grow. I mean, what a great opportunity that is for the average person. They don't have to go looking for something else to do. They're there. They're in the company, and they can help the company to grow. Now, you multiply that, Connie, by the number of people that most corporations have, and, you know, we're talking the thousands for a lot of them. Sure. And they've got all these contributions coming in, how we can do things better, more efficiently, additional products, other markets, you know, why don't we buy this company here? They're, they're an up-and-coming new company. Young people recognize those things. Uh, all sorts of things that they can suggest that the company does, and the company in turn will reward them for coming up with ideas that they wouldn't normally have received. That's the important point, Connie. They wouldn't That's have got them. So simple, and it's it's really a win-win. Corporation gets more relevant, cutting-edge thought processes that they think, wait a minute, that's a great idea. We can do that, you know, implement it with fair with fair ease, let's say. And you reward the employee for thinking outside the box and bringing that's you it. the idea. It's it's a win-win. Now, I I, I just want to um, you said on you know on the scale of I hate my job, mm-hmm. I'm pretty much looking to get mm-hmm. the heck out. And then yeah. I love this place. Now Zappos has been talked about as one of the best places to work from benefits nurturing employees. What do you think, or you might not even know, but what is one of the principles that they use um, to make it, you know, rated one of the best places to work? I think um, the starting point is placing a realistic value on employees. And and that that is a, is a movement away from uh, just, a, you know, a, a number on the payroll. Uh, this is the person yeah. that does that job description. Uh, how much do they actually cost us and what are the on costs and, you know, like it's moving away from that and towards like you are an individual who has a lot of talent who can t- contribute a lot to this organisation. I want to listen to you. I want to listen to you, um, not only about what you're currently doing, but what else you've got to offer. And yeah. and also it's, they – go on, Connie. I was going to say, so you're you're saying it, they empower their employees to, to yeah, have a voice. Employees. Yep, absolutely. Yes, have a voice. Okay. Have a voice and, and contribute towards uh, the running of the organization. You know, and, and a lot of companies don't give people the opportunity to do that. They just say, you just do what we told you to do. That's all you have yeah. to worry about and then go yeah. home. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. again, if that's how our leaders in these organizations were raised and, you know, I know more than you, I've been doing this for 30, 40, 50 years. So, you know, my way is pretty good. Let's just do it my way. Now, so to build on the whole Zappos thing <clears throat> for mm. now for a small business, how can an owner provide that same kind of um, environment to increase productivity and, cur- and encourage that engagement? Because we have a lot well, of small businesses throughout the world too. For sure, yeah. It's just a matter of showing employees that you value them. You can do this in a number of ways. You know, we've, we've found through the, the, the vast amount of research that went into putting together the program that we offer that there's some real keys to this and one of the things is um, or some of them uh, constant development like make sure that your people have uh, constant development going on so that they can better themselves and see that they're moving forward and people need to be able to do that one of the inbuilt um, 
I guess, features of human nature is that we like to feel as though we're getting somewhere. We don't like the feeling of treading water or being in the one place or feeling stuck. So provide people with constant development so they feel like they're always getting somewhere. Then recognition and reward is a big issue, and I've seen it done so well, Connie. I've seen almost like a, an Academy Awards-type night once a year where they recognise these people. <laughs> you know, it's fantastic. Everybody's got their dinner suits on and the ladies have got their gowns on. They're sitting around in tables and there's an MC up the front and they call people and teams up the front and provide, you know, like almost like uh, Academy Awards to, to groups of people. And do you think that they might feel good about that? Well, yes, they do. And there are lots of ways of doing that, recognition and reward. And to the other thing is to, to share the plans and aspirations of the business with people you know, is, is also a big motivator and, and goes a long way towards uh, creating that environment because if you're being asked to do something, it's nice to be, to, to be able to uh, kind of match up why you're being asked to do something with what the company's looking to achieve. Because if all an organisation does is ask somebody to perform a task and they can't see really what value they're contributing by doing that, they're not real motivated by it. But if, if all the, uh, the plans and the aspirations of the business have been shared with the staff, then they can see why they're doing what they're doing and start getting more excited about it. So, you know, it, it, and, and sharing the plans and the aspiration of the business, it makes the employee feel valued and that they, it, it empowers, again, that whole voice thing. But I know what the organization is trying to do. I can use my brain to help support that vision, right? I mean, it's Steve Jobs. Didn't he say when he created the iPod, I, I think it was, he said he, we didn't have technology in place. He had the vision of what he wanted. He had no idea what the path was to execute, right? That's where he went to his, his innovators within the corporation and said, dudes, do that. This is what we need to do. This is my vision. Let's make this happen. You know, try stuff out. Failures are okay because that's going to bring us closer to, you know, this iPod, this little little microcomputer that we have in the palm of our hand. I mean, that's how innovation um, comes to be. I just want to, I want to just comment, and your first thing – Thank you for that. I, I, and for everyone listening, whether it's big corporations or small, the mm. constant development of our employees, and I want to come back and comment on that, recognition and reward. Many surveys have been done, and the number one answer when asked, when employees are asked, what's the most important or what motivates you at work? Number one answer, the attaboys, the pats on the back, mm. the thank mm. you from the managers that you did a great job for us today. Number one, easy easy way to get people motivated is that, that recognition. And then, again, share the plan. Here's our plan. What do you guys think? What innovations can you bring to the table? Make them feel empowered and important. I want to go back and talk about the constant development. Because I'm on the training end and, and the coaching end with things with corporations, um, I find oftentimes that we'll have – and it's Throughout my, my the clients I work with, I can't pinpoint to just say one is offend, is is um, not executing well. But here's the situation: I'm an employee, you're my manager. I'm selected to go to training, and it's not a mandatory thing. What mm. happens is I get the invite from the training or HR, or whoever is running it in the corporation, and my manager says, "No, you can't go. We're we're short staffed." 
Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> when I do my training and I, I see that people don't show up the day of because they're short-staffed, I say to the employees who show up, be proud of yourself, number one. Be proud of your managers because they're allowing you the opportunity. To be, you know, the company is paying for you to do this training, right? It's, it's a given. They're allowing you to come, but you showed up. And you should be selfish with your own development. Don't let someone say, if the company is saying we want you to go and your manager is saying, no, you can't, you need to go above them and say, look, this is valuable. I've been invited. I want to go. Take your development seriously. Don't let someone say, no, can't do it. Don't let them own you like that. So I I think that's that old way of thinking um, as well. Um, David, we have three minutes left. This just went way too fast for me. I know. It went too fast. (laughs) <laughs> how how are right go half hour is not enough fun. How urgent do you think that this um shift that we need to start making and I hope there's a lot of leaders listening to our show. How urgent do you think this is? Connie, I I think this is very urgent because our when I say our economies, you know, I'm I'm familiar with yours and I'm familiar with the the Australian economy and 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 in fact across Europe, you know, the developed sure. economies I'm talking about are really not growing all that fast or, or fast enough. Um, and that's a big problem because that means a further reduction in the standards of living. And that means it's even more difficult for us to pay back the debts that, the, that our governments have got. So, you know, we really have to get up and get moving. We have to enter into this next era. And I think we're resisting it to some extent. And we need to break down that resistance and just get on with it. We've moved through the other areas, eras of, uh, you know, the master slave into the modern era. Let's get on with the next one and start sharing entity value and profits with people, making them feel part of the organization. And then watch what happens to the growth of organizations then. Yeah, we start kicking butt out there. Where do you, you where do you see with with the clients that you deal with that are really they're, they're turning the corner and they are innovative because they're hiring you clearly. Where do you see the resistance from the corporations who say to you, "Yeah, no thanks, <laughs> you're not what we're looking for." Uh, there's it, it's interesting because nobody says that it's it's not a good idea. Everybody agrees that yeah yeah we've got to get on and do that. But where where resistance comes from? Is um, is kind of kidding yourself that we're already doing something like this, and that's that's what happens. It's a it's uh-huh. it's a it's an unrealistic view that ah oh, yes we understand what you're talking about and we're doing something like that already. And I know deep in my heart that they're not doing anything like this. They're doing something. They're doing something, and to them that's good enough for now. What I'm saying is it's not producing the result that we need. We need to move further and faster. Agreed, and I'm laughing because you said, "Yeah, I'm doing it. It's good. Yeah. Well, good is the good is the enemy of great, right? When things are yeah. good, we're like, yeah, it's good. When things yeah. are bad, is where you say, oh, I got to do something differently. So, good that, really is it. the enemy of great. Yeah, spot yeah. on, spot yeah. on, Connie. Thank you all for joining me. You have been listening to Architect of Change with me, your host Connie Whitman, on WebTalkRadio.net. Thank you, and have a wonderful, exciting, and of course, an organized week. Be well. You've been listening to The Architect of Change with your host, Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates. Thank you for tuning in. We're glad you were here. Time may change me, but I can't change